What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? How you living? How you doing? How you feeling? I am at home, much like you guys are, but the NFL season is going. And honestly, I want to talk and I want to talk to you guys. And I hope you guys are doing great because my man, Austin Hooper, just got paid. Bang. Uh, Ingber, are you there? Can we hear your voice? I'm here for you, man. Beautiful. How's life? Life's good. We're uh, we're deep in the quarantine. It feels like we're on month seven of quarantine, even though it's like actually day four. It does. We're recording this uh, Monday at three o'clock. Uh, I just went to the gym because I know that I'm going to go stir crazy, but we're all in this together. Okay. Get your food. Don't eat Doritos the entire time. Get your vegetables, freeze a lot of stuff. Uh, and let's use this and get really good at life. Let's get good at routine. Let's get good at try some meditation, read a book. Let's just f- pay attention to NFL free agency, but don't let this shit get you down. We're going to feel great. Isn't that right, David Ingber? Yeah, I like what you said. It's a good time to learn a new skill, learn a new language, uh, finish a book that's been sitting on your shelf for six months and you're saying, hey, I've got all this extra time. Use it productively, right? Because then when quarantine's over and you're back to regular life, you still won't have the I time disagree. to finish that book. No? I disagree. Okay. I think everyone's trying to learn new shit. Yo, can everybody, let's learn how to be good at life, first of all. Let's, let's, get a, let's, get, let's establish good routines, like if you get done a month and you know how to play Mary Had a Little Lamb on the guitar, nobody's going to give a shit. But after a month, if you figure out, wow, I can wake up at 730 in the morning. I can do 60 push-ups like David Ingber. I can make myself a healthy egg white omelet with some vegetables that I've been freezing. If you can change your whole life in a month or two months, I think that, and I, look, if you want to do that, if you want to learn Spanish, go for you. But I'm just saying, now's our time to kick ass with you. Not to sound really motivational, Ingber, but I apologize. I'd like to just make one addendum to what you just said, because I did like what you just said, but um, I'm really not about egg white omelets. You got to get the yolks in there. You need the extra the extra taste, the, the flavor. That's, where the, that's yeah. where the money is, those egg yellows. I understand. In the words of my old host, Chris Sims, I'm not going to say it. That's gross. Okay. First of all, Ryan Tannehill gets the big money deal. That means Tom Brady is not going to the Titans. That means Tom Brady, according to Chris Sims, and I believe him because, come on, we know how close he is with Kyle. He's not going to San Francisco, which means Tom Brady is either going to New England or Tampa. Right. Tampa Bay, David Ingber. Tennessee was definitely like the big one, the big chess piece on the board that I was worried about as a Patriots fan that I feel like Tennessee with that rushing attack and Tom Brady well protected behind a good line, he might actually have an insanely good year. He's never had a running back like Derrick Henry in his career. So I was actually pleased as a Patriots fan to see Ryan Tannehill, who I've always thought was very good. I played, you know, the Patriots play against him every year when he was uh, on Miami. Always thought he was very solid and really showed it in the playoffs. Had had some nice games on the stretch. It's nice to see him get paid. I mean, a lot of people are saying that it's overpaid, but whatever. You have to overpay a good quarterback. He's not. He's getting franchise tagged. Derrick Henry's getting franchise tagged. Derrick Henry's getting franchise tagged. Yeah, I said Ryan Tannehill. Sorry, I can't hear you that well. Uh, right. <laughs> um, I, I understand it. Uh, I think the quarterback carousel, I still think that Tom Brady is going back to New England. Uh, Jameis, I'm very curious. Uh, I'm seeing some rumors right now that Nick Foles could be going to Chicago, which is the biggest ad- admitment. That's not a word. Admittance of uh, Mitchell Trubisky and what they actually feel about them in Chicago, if there is any truth to that rumor. Uh, for me, though, again, I saw a rumor that Mike Florio uh, said that Teddy Bridgewater might be heading to Chicago as well. So that could be uh, some competing rumors there, which is always spicy. Yeah, 
okay, then in that case, I don't want anything to do with the rumor. Something's going on in Chicago. They're probably calling around. We'll see what they can find. But the one thing that did happen that I see a lot of people blowing up about because it is a wide receiver that is pretty much in the middle of his prime, DeAndre Hopkins, officially traded from the Houston Texans to the Arizona Cardinals. First thought that popped in my mind, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins. Whoa. What DeAndre Hopkins was able to do for the beginning of Deshaun Watson's career to be that safety blanket, to be the guy that goes, lob it up. I got it. I'm very excited about. I understand a little bit why the Texans are doing it. Not a lot. I don't think they got good value. They got David Johnson, I believe, a second and a fourth, but they also sent back a fourth. Um, I just also saw that Hayden Hurst got traded to the Falcons for a second. So you pretty much got David Johnson and second for DeAndre Hopkins, which they're collecting running backs in Houston. Carlos Hyde, all these guys, they're, they, they got all of them. Lamar Miller when he gets back. But there's only one DeAndre Hopkins. But the reason I kind of understand it from the Texans is you're going to have to pay Deshaun Watson soon. This is the best wide receiver draft in years. They don't want to pay a third contract to DeAndre Hopkins, especially when you hear the reports that Bill O'Brien and DeAndre Hopkins have not seen eye to eye. And I wonder why. I wonder why. Because this is the same Billy O'Brien that we've talked about. They have been winning despite him. This has been Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. And now Hopkins is in Arizona. I look at him with Kyler Murray and I still think they need a speed wide receiver. Kyler Murray tweeted out, uh, me plus Larry plus Hopkins equals whoa. The problem is, is that neither of y'all got speed. It's the one knock against DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins was great even when Will Fuller wasn't there, but when he was, holy crap. I still think they need a speed guy. I know they got to try out a lot of the young wide receivers last year. I could still see them going, but getting DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson, when we saw Chase Edmonds put up four, uh, four touchdowns. This is that spread offense where with Kyler Murray, you're going to have success in the running game. And David Johnson, frankly, did not look like himself last year. He didn't. He looked a little bit slow. He looked like he was recovering now. They always say the second year after an injury like that will be greater. We'll find out. But I think the value of Hopkins, what it could mean for Kyler Murray's career going forward is so big. Because Kyler, look, he was the offensive rookie of the year. He was phenomenal in certain games and other games against really good defenses and defensive coordinators. They owned him. But the offensive line wasn't even that healthy. I'm, I'm so excited. Um, I just I wanted to go on a little bit of rant there, Ingbert, because this is a monster trade in the NFL. And, and for me, DeAndre Hopkins at 27, he's in his prime. Absolutely. He's so huge. It's arguably the most talented receiver. I'm sure people that know more about the game could break it down better than I could. But what he is, is a re- he's a receiver that can catch a ball that's not perfectly thrown. He's a receiver that can cover up several mistakes. And I think Kyler Murray's accuracy is going to improve in the coming years. And I think that uh, someone like DeAndre Hopkins gives him a little bit more of a margin for error than some of the other speedy guys that might not have uh, his ability to come back to the ball, to get wind jump balls, to catch crazy things with one hand going out of bounds. I think he's going to get some really amazing first downs for Kyler Murray coming up. I, I'm kind of looking because I just wanted to see where – I'm looking at spot track right now to see where DeAndre Hopkins ranked. Um, but if I'm looking at – uh, the other guys at his position, I think he's in the 12s. And this is a kind of guy that's going to want to get up. He wants to be the highest paid, and he has every reason to argue that. 
DeAndre Hopkins is a GM's worst nightmare. He's an all pro every year. He doesn't drop the ball. He leads in the community. We see the stories that Mina Kimes had where he's going and giving his ball to his mom in the stands. Um, he has been there through all of the quarterbacks. Remember, DeAndre Hopkins was there with the TJ Yates and all those guys of the world. He has been there when Deshaun Watson has been hurt. Um, and for me, I look now and he's not in the top 10 highest paid. I don't even think he's in the top 50 where DeAndre Hopkins is. He got a lot of guaranteed money when he got his deal, but his year to year is not that high. And so now he wants to get another contract. This is what the sphere was, uh, Ingber, with Odell Beckham, which was part of the reason the Giants traded because Odell right now in terms of salary is 84th in the NFL, 14.25. And when you start factoring in that, yeah, but we gave you a 50, 60 million guarantee, but they're like, listen, I'm, I'm past that now. And, and DeAndre Hopkins it's it's right around there. He right now is 114th, David, Yikes. at $12.5 million a year. And DeAndre Hopkins is going, there's a lot. Adam Thielen's five spots ahead of me. Like, we got to get ahead of yeah, Adam Thielen. So that's part of the reason they made the trade. But this is another primetime player that is leaving Houston. And rumors of them not getting along with Billy O'Brien are there. Okay? Like, Look, they're going to take on the tonsils and all that stuff, but they also got rid of the clownies. So I just I look at Houston and I, I have a feeling I don't think it's going to be like the Oklahoma City Thunder when it was like Harden and and Westbrook and and Durant, but I think we're going to look back at some of the talent that's come through Houston and gone, wow, what happened? And then we know where we're going to look, but we really do. Uh, looking at. <laughs> their lack of GM and sort of saying, were they in a holding pattern for two years to figure out who their GM is going to be? Did that impact some of the talent uh, and the revolving door that they've got coming into? I'm sure that'll be something that we look at historically when it's all wrapped up. And I want to know what Deshaun Watson's been thinking this afternoon as well. It's not good. Now, Deshaun Watson, and the thing is, is this also means in my mind that Houston's making a big bet on Will Fuller staying healthy. Absolutely. Which I don't have a lot of faith in that. Um, Kenny Stills, remember they traded for him in the Laramie Tunsil trade last year and he did play well, but n none of these guys are DeAndre. And if you're Deshaun Watson, you just saw what the Chiefs did and a lot of that was offense. And you got to be thinking, man, we had the Chiefs by 21. Run it back. Right. If you're going to fix one thing, it's the defense. But it, it must the, – the contract conversations with DeAndre Hopkins and Bill O'Brien must not have been good. And there must be – there has to be. Remember, man, this is an owner that none of the players liked before he passed away. All right. Um, overall, though, what's your uh, – I see Teddy might be talking to the Bears. Uh, I'm still going to call up Brian Westbrook and, and get the monies if he signs for under – was it 25 or 27? $25 million a year was the over-under for you, too, because you, you split the difference between 23 and 27, which was your two guesses. Perfect. I still think I'm going to win that. All right. I'm going to try and FaceTime Austin Hooper. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Come on, pick up $44 million, man. We'll see if he picks up. Oh, baby. All right, dude, can I can I do put this on the podcast? Yes. I got five minutes for you. Just know that my agent calls. I obviously got to dip out. 44. You got the Moses Malone. You got the faux, 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 bro. I need that, bro. Call me Jay Z. 
Faux, faux, faux. All right, hold on. So you have, how long have you known about this? Um, I knew about this for probably like a week, but like I'm not the type of guy who, you know, counts chickens before they hatch, you know what I mean? Because anything can happen. Like, shit, you know, it's crazy, man. So, first of all, I texted this to you generational wealth. Like, like your grandkids, bro. Congrat! Like, just first of all, congratulations. You fucking did it, man. I appreciate you, man. I remember uh, you talked to me about this a couple of years back now. It, I mean, and, and not only that, so you've played with Julio. Now you get to play with Odell and Jarvis. Like, the middle is going to be open, bro. Yeah, man. Like, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited, man. So, I mean, just always have, like, uh, it was obviously a good situation for me. You know, you got some talented guys on the outside. So, I mean, it just allows the middle of the field to be open and you know, allows me to get good matchups. So, I mean, I'm you know, I'm not mad about it. It kind of keeps me in the kind of similar situation as I've been in. What, um, I mean, you loved Atlanta. What would you say to the people of Atlanta right now, just sort of as a, like a thank you? I'm just grateful. Uh, just very, very grateful. You know, to everyone in Atlanta, I mean, you know, through the ups and downs, through the times, you know, where I was developing, the times, you know, when I started hitting pro bowls, I mean, all that stuff. I mean, you know, it's uh, always a whole special spot for me because, you know, every 32 teams passed up on me, even the Falcons, for a couple rounds. So, both me and the other team will give me my opportunity. So, it's just, you know, some a place that will definitely always hold a special spot in my heart. But at the end of the day, like, I got to do right by me and my family. The Falcons have you know, their plans and I have mine. So, you know, I'm just very grateful to be a part of that organization. And uh, to the largest documented fan base uh, in sports, the Cleveland Browns, who, bro, I mean, you, you've been in Oakland, so you know, I mean, you're from, yeah. you're from that area. Like, you know what passion is like. What would you say no to question. Cleveland, man? What are they about to get? Man, about great. I mean, I just, I'm just ready to come to work, you know, put my nose to the grindstone, just continue to get better. I mean, that's all I've really ever done over my career is just, get, you know, try to get better and better every year. And that's something I plan on doing. I feel like my best ability is, like, my work ethic. To be honest, I sound corny, but, like, that's all I do. I just grind, go to work, and uh, feel like I can play just about any system. I can, you know, mentally handle anything and can do anything from any spot. So I'm, uh, I'm excited. Bro, you're the highest fucking paid tight end in the NFL, which means you're the highest paid tight end probably in NFL history right now. Yeah, right now. And then uh, once uh, once old Zach Kittle and uh, Kelsey get done, I'll be uh, I'll be back to flying under the radar. Again. Oh, dude, I love this because all all my friends are getting paid right now. Like this is so oh, great. Yeah. Hell yeah, no, yeah. Then all all my boys in the tight end world are up next. I mean, that's all we do for each other, right? It's just set the table for the next man in line, like. You know, tight ends before who signed, you know, helped me get in this position. And then, you know, from here, I'm going to help the other guys. No doubt. And get even more. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's a brotherhood within the tight end world. So, we're all helping each other out. All right. I've bothered you enough. Uh, when you, when this all settles down. Uh, yeah, we're we're going to settle up off camera. Don't worry. We'll have a good time. Yeah, we'll figure something out. All right, brother. Congrats again. 
Amen. You can watch that interview on Facebook because I did that on FaceTime and Bleach Report gave me a camcorder. And so I'm recording right now in a, a room in my apartment that I moved into a few weeks ago. And I have a Jay-Z picture and I have a little boat. So you can see, I don't know what I'm doing here. I mean, we are we are figuring it out, Ingber. But um, man, at $44 million, like his whole family straight. Forever, not forever, but for a long time. First up, uh, Adam Thielen. Uh, we did this one at the Super Bowl, so it's very pleasant. Uh, the only big difference is my voice sounds awful because that's what happened in these Super Bowl interviews. Uh, but Adam Thielen, very interesting because, and this is obviously recorded a while ago, Stefan Diggs just tweeted out uh, some pretty like ominous looking stuff uh, where he said, what did I see he wrote? He wrote, it's time for a new beginning. That's what your wide receiver, even though he just got a contract recently, I can't imagine what it's like. Kirk Cousins got another two years, but I know this, I, my boy Adam Thielen better get paid and you better listen to him because here he is, my interview at the Super Bowl with Adam Thielen. I am here with Mr. Minnesota, Adam Thielen. I have no voice. <laughs> I've been losing it. Will Hormel Chili fix that voice? Yeah, you just got to. Crack it open and just chug it. You'll be good. You were joking about that. I was definitely. I might be the one guy that takes you up on that. Well, uh, the other year we had uh, we had chili cheese dip. So you've been with Hormel for a while. Oh, yeah. And then uh, two years ago we had a huge sandwich. So you would have liked that. Let me a explain. massive sandwich. We're, we're doing this at Super Bowl week. <laughs> and a lot of athletes, they link up with brands. Were you like a kid that loved chili? And you were like, I'd like to work with them? Like, how did this happen? Well, I grew up in Minnesota, so you have to have chili, right? Because yeah, it's sense. freezing cold. Yeah. And, uh, you know, warm it up in the microwave, what have you, on the stovetop. Um, yeah, definitely a chili guy and, and Hormel Chili. They've been, they've been good to me and, and our foundation and, yeah. and our family. So um, it's always fun to partner with, with a company, number one, that you like their yes, stuff. Yes, I want to work with Pizza Hut. Yeah, I, hey. I just I grew up, like, tell doing you a what. lunch buffet and shit. Yes. Were you, like, a kid eating this for real? Well, number one, it's a Minnesota company, which obviously that. that's that's amazing yes. for me, being from Minnesota, being able to partner with companies uh, from Minnesota. Yeah. And number two, it's cold, like you said, all the time in Minnesota. So you got to have chili. You got to be able to have something that's quickly made. Yes. Uh, especially when I have two young boys, two kids. So uh, it's great. It's a great partnership. They've done so much for our family, for our yes. foundation. Um, they donated twenty thousand cans to um, you know kids in the Minneapolis area. Um, 15,000 kids at Fed. Wow. Um, they donated a yard of chili for every yard I gained this season. Really? Um, and they actually bumped it up to 2,500 yards, which was 20,000 cans. Wow. Because they said I would have got that if yes, I was Yes, if got you hurt, weren't hurt, right? absolutely. So, and I, I, don't, I don't disagree with them. For that, yeah. So. No, no, they've been great, uh, like I said, for our foundation, for our family and the community. So um, it's a great partnership. I'm sure you get asked this a lot. To grow up in that state where, like, I, I know, like, hockey is huge there. The Vikings must be like the biggest thing of all time. And then to actually put on that jersey, like what was your first, oh shit, I'm living my childhood dream type of moment? I haven't had it yet, honestly. You really uh, haven't? I can honestly say that. It wasn't uh, even like first practice putting it on? No, because it, it, doesn't, it doesn't really seem any different than what I've done in high school, college. Um, it's just, it's a football jersey, right? You put Did it you on, play you a go high to school practice. championship you... in that arena? Like, well, so, now it's a new stadium. So, yeah, so it was the Metrodome uh, back when I was right. in high school. Um, and it was always like we had like I remember getting like a uh, a pamphlet or like a sheet of paper 
um, with the Metrodome picture on it. Oh. That was like the first practice. Oh. Like the coach would hand it out. And that's all it was, like the picture of the Metrodome. This is where we need this to This is end. where we're going. Yeah. And so we never made it. Um, my senior year, we went to the section championship game, lost. Uh, but uh, we, went, we were undefeated that year. Didn't lose a game until the section championship. Damn. But didn't make it. Uh, but I did get to play my first. My rookie season was the last year of the Metrodome. Wow. And I got to play a preseason game. I, I was on practice squad that year, so I didn't play a regular season game. But uh, played a pre- uh, preseason game, had a catch right. in the Metrodome. So Man. that that was maybe my my uh, you know moment that I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. I know a lot of guys. They say some people want to play at home, and then some people it's like too much because it's like like I personally I like to to move. It's just yeah. it's a lot with like your family and friends, but. How, what was like your phone like? Because your story has been like this underdog story for so long that I'm sure people are shocked. Like you probably were not getting the text like I always knew. Like yeah. I'm sure you get a lot of texts right. like I can't believe. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, no, it's it's definitely uh, a blessing and like a curse at yeah. the same time. You know, you kind of get uh, both sides, but there's pros and cons to it, right? Sure. Uh, but at the same time, we live in Minnesota. Um, it's our off-season home. It's our in-season home. You get to raise uh, your kids where you were yeah, raised. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. Um, obviously, there's some downsides to it, but but that's with anything. Uh, you know, there's going to be cons, but um, we're very blessed to be there with family uh, support. Yeah. Um, you know, my wife's family lives a mile from us, so uh, with wow. the boys, it's uh, it's amazing. <laughs> Randy Moss, Chris Carter, were you like? Jake Reed, the three wow. deep, are you kidding me? Randall Cunningham. I had a, I got Robert a. Robert Smith. Listen to this, though. I got a. Three deep poster. So I had a three deep poster when I was in middle school, or elementary school, whatever. And they came to a game this year, and one of the PR guys knew that I, you know, loved them yeah. growing up, and he got them to sign all sign it a oh. three deep poster. So I now have a three deep poster signed by all the guys. Uh, but I mean, are you kidding me? That's that's awesome. Well, what is it like for you for like someone like a Reed or a Moss or someone like that to come up to you? And and I'm sure you're like man. I love the way you work and all that stuff. What is that like? Yeah, it's just crazy. To have a hero say that they respect your game. I think the coolest thing is is they're such good dudes. I mean, I all remember my first interview with uh, Randy Moss. He didn't even want to do the interview. He just wanted to talk ball. So we're, like, behind the cameras. And they're like, Randy, come on. Like, we need to do the interview. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm talking about ropes. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Is that cool. your Randy Moss accent? Yeah, Randy Moss. That was, uh, that was pretty spot on. But I'm a good actor. Yeah. But, uh, no, he uh, he was just awesome. Uh, Chris Carter had tons of conversations. Yeah. Just met Jake Reed. Um, those guys are just – they've been so cool. So it's almost one of those things where – um, you you expect maybe them to be more the celebrity than they're just like they're just a human being just yeah. like just like all of us right um, so it's it's been really cool to get to know them uh, talk with them at games I always love when they show up at games that's oh. that's my favorite you know all the other legends are cool and everything and and to see them meet them but when you when you meet when you get to see guys yes. in the game that you grew up watching does that make you play harder like the I weird think, the weird thing about this is I've never always there's always one there's as a fan. We always assume that professional athletes are always going to go hard all the time. But then you hear these stories where an athlete goes, I went extra hard yeah. because of this. And I've, I've never understood that parallel. But I have to imagine if Randy Moss is on the sideline, you're like, I want to put on a show for that guy. Yeah, I think it's more of the, like, of the negative side of it. It's probably not a good way to look at it. But uh, like, oh, crap, if I don't, if I don't show out today, right. that's embarrassing because these are my idols and I didn't yeah. do anything. So this year, the three deep game when they were all there, I had zero catches. It was against the Packers, at home. Please tell had, me that, that I had was, zero catches. So I'm like remember. in the locker room. I'm like embarrassed. 
<laughs> they, of course they didn't talk to me after the game because it right. bad. No. They're like, Dicks, <laughs> come over here. But wait, please tell me that was the game where you said to Kirk afterwards, you were like, I need more balls. Oh, I never said that. I never no, no, no. That. I, that was like how the media <laughs> took it. No, yeah, that was, that was not. No, this was the second to last game of the season. I just had come back from injury. Gotcha. And, uh, yeah, it's just a tough game, but, uh, but it's all good. Hey, that's fucking NFL, man. Yeah. That's what happens. <laughs> um, how long have you been a white wide receiver? Um, just the last couple of years. <laughs> so I think what's so interesting is you had to have lined up on the line, whether it was a practice squad moment or like in a game in college. I can't imagine the shit that you've heard from DBs. Yeah. Like, are there favorites that play in your mind? Well, the, really the only one that comes to mind is, is, and you know, I don't blame him for it. Cause like no one knew who I was exactly. at the time. Uh, but Pac-Man Jones, we had a joint practice so in good. Cincinnati. Yeah. And it wasn't just him. It was, it was really all their DBs. And they had Every, a really good DB group. They did. They had a good DB group. So I go up to go. And it was, it was just, it, well, I don't even think it was one-on-ones. I think it was just like releases or something, you know. Or it might have been one-on-ones. And, and nobody wanted to go against me. Because they're like, no, we want to go get somebody like better, you know. Like, <laughs> I, want, I want some work. Yeah. So nobody would go with, against me. So I'm like lined up like, all right, I guess next Free up. release. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's, always, that's always fun. But those, what, what did Pac-Man things, say? No, he just said, like, I, get someone else up here. Like, I need someone else. You wow. Know? So, uh, did you yeah. ever get to play him in a game later? Um, I did, yeah. yeah and yeah. did he remember you at all? No, no. Did you say anything after you no, called him? No. Oh, I would have. No, no. Remember that guy that didn't give you enough no. work? No, because I, because I get where he's coming from. You know, yes. he, he wanted to get better, right? And, and at that time, I was a no-name guy. I hadn't even probably caught a ball in the league yet. So. When did it go from people lining up against you and, like, not, like kind of being relaxed to, like, lining up against you and, like, really being worried about you. Do you uh, remember when that started the transition? I really don't know. You know, yeah. it's, it's hard to say. but Because uh, it's uh, been fucking awesome to watch. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, like, I appreciate it. The other thing I had a question for you, too, was motivation. I am someone that I've said on the show a long time that early on I, I'm motivated by anger and frustration and being like, people don't see it in me. I'm going to fucking show you. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm one of those dudes that when I go to the gym and I work out, I think about people that didn't give me a shot. Was that something that motivated you? Like, how, what did you use early to kind of fuel you? Yeah, well, I'm lucky I have a lot of those situations. That's uh, what I mean. Starting from high school uh, to not getting recruited for college um, to, to being at college and, and somebody wanted to cut me. Right. Uh, my first year in college, uh, one of the coaches, I, I obviously heard the story after the fact, uh, but one of the coaches my freshman year wanted to cut me because I was a walk-on, right. no money. And uh, so they want, one of the coaches wanted to cut me. Everyone kind of laughed at him. But, um, and then, you know, there's just w- those stories all along my career, you know, going undrafted, going yeah. unsigned after the draft. Shit. Um, you know, really it nobody seems wanted like me. I got invited to a tryout with two teams. Uh, but other than that, nobody really wanted to give me How a shot. How the fuck so. did you not – like, because it sounds like you never doubted yourself. How the fuck did you do that? I think it's just the the competitive spirit in me um, from a young age, and yeah. and probably the thing that um, you know probably helped me the most was the fact that I played multiple sports growing up, and you know it was just it was it wasn't about uh, being a football player or, or doing this or running a route like this doing that. It was just I was competitive. I just wanted to win. I didn't care yeah. what I was doing. I didn't care what sport in college. I didn't care what sport I played. I just yeah. wanted the best opportunity and wherever I could go yeah. with a scholarship or an opportunity. And I didn't care what sport that was. I played four sports throughout high school. Yes. And, and like I said, I didn't care which one I played in college. So I think it kind of stems back to that. Um, but I've been very bl- blessed. Obviously, the Lord 
provided opportunities for me. Oh I mean, yeah. You look. I, I look back at my rookie camp, and if I had one drop ball, or oh if I would have messed it. up the wrong route, ran the wrong route, and they, you know, think, ah, oh, he doesn't, he can't learn the playbook. I'm done. Because I see guys trying to get on the XFL. They were trying to do the AAFL. There's so many guys whose NFL dreams, they don't even get a chance. Yeah. And the thing I've always wondered is, you're out there, you're watching guys run routes, and in your head you're going, I know I can fucking do it. Yeah. But you might never get the chance yeah. because it's not about you, it's about bias or whatever. When, like, when, when, I'm sure there was fears. you're like, I don't think I'm ever going to get this chance. How did it happen? Like, how, how do you think it yeah, what just, was just chance? trust in the process, honestly. Yeah, but what and, was and a the little chance? bit of luck. Okay. Uh, what was the chance? Okay, I'd, I'd say the real chance to actually play receiver. Yeah. In the NFL. Um, so, so Norv Turner, Coach Turner, um, he kind of took a chance on me. He told he told the coaches, he said, no, I, I think this guy can be our third receiver. Wow. And so going into that season, uh, I don't think really I was going to get the opportunity to be the third receiver, but he kind of put his, he put his neck out there for me and said, I really think he can do it. And that training camp, I had an awful training camp. Oh. So, like, the first two weeks of training camp, I'm doing terrible. And I'm, like, dropping balls, which is... Norvis walking yeah. by, and he's like, come and on, No, bro. so he came up to me literally before the first preseason game. We were playing same same uh, practice that we had against Cincinnati. It's Cincinnati it's again? Cincinnati again. Wow. So, so Norv comes up to me. He goes, hey, he goes, they're going to cut you if you, don't, if you don't start picking it up. He goes, you need, to, you need to play better, you need to be better, and you need to, and you need to do it now. And so that game, I went and balled out. Like, oh. you know, first first uh, quarter, I had a couple catches, yeah. had a diving catch, and got smacked and caught right. the ball. And uh, that was kind of my like my moment that I kind of like flipped the switch a little bit. Yes. And that that year, I was able to be the third receiver and ended up being a starter by the end of the year and, and got a lot of opportunity. So um, that's that's kind of where it I started. would have gone home that night. And there's like half of you that wants to like look at yourself in the mirror and be like, "Fuck yeah, bro, you did it." And the <laughs> other part's like crying. Because yeah. you just like, you just think about like the the split of what could have happened. Oh yeah, it's crazy. There were so many points of that like that. In, You've in had my so career. many. Yeah, it's 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 just crazy. To look back at that's why I always look to the Lord and just and just thank Him because for the opportunities. Because again, like uh, one thing this way or one thing that way, I might have not had any opportunity. Yes. Um. So there's no other explanation for that for me than 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 the Lord. So I think Unreal. that's really cool and and. Uh, um, a testament to him and his power and his and his glory and his grace. And now you can buy as many cans of Hormel chili as That's you'd right. like. Yeah, I don't have to buy it. They just give me a couple. Wow. Yeah. That's when you, you know, know I mean? you've made. Is there <laughs> anything else about Hormel that you need to get out? No, just just uh, obviously again, just just thankful for their relationship. You know, when, yeah. when a company is that, um, you know that. They, they are that up, up front and want to give back. Yes. Especially in the community that's done so much for me. Yes. Um, it, it's, it's special to me and, and my family, my wife. And, um, and uh, their, their CEO is on our, our foundation board. That's awesome. And does a ton for our foundation and, and just great people. So uh, when it's great people from the top down, yeah. um, you know, that makes me excited to talk about the brand and, and be a part of it. Uh, one thing I need you to do is I need you to read, what, uh, reach into the cup. Okay. And I'm going to need you to look right into this ISO camera right there. Is and, that one on yet? Or? Oh, it's been on. The, <laughs> oh, fuck you. And I need you to uh, read whatever's on it. It doesn't make sense. Okay. It, at the end of all the interviews, it will make sense. Okay, gotcha. So, gotcha. yeah. Let's see what we got. I got to get a good one. Yeah. Ah. Oh, is my name on it? Oh, my Wow. Gosh. You got a big one. Okay. I don't even know how to say it. My last name is Lefko. Lefko. Well, that's yes. what I was going to say. Bullshit. <laughs> All right, so look right in there. All right. His name is Adam Lefko. Ooh. We don't know what it means yet. 
But Do it's you know what so it means? Oh yeah. Oh, you you did this. Oh, this is. It'd have been way cooler if you went to known and like it was like a sub. Yeah, but like message. I'm a fucking asshole, so like <laughs> I need to know everything. Adam Thielen, you're the man. Uh, oh, continued health. Keep kicking ass. You got you Diggs and Kirk. It's a good little trio. And with Irv Delvin, Smith coming up, Irv, Dalvin, Kyle. Kyle, and I feel like Kyle now is like finally getting some attention. It's pretty awesome. We man. got we got weapons, and, and that's really exciting. Exciting for yes. me. Um, at this point in my career, I could care less about money, yes. uh, fame. Team success. And I just want to win. Yeah. And, and, and the cool part is there's so many guys on our team that yeah. feel that way. And uh, that's when you know you have something special. Unfortunately, we didn't get there this year. But happens. Uh, there's always next year, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Feeling you're the man, dude. All right. Appreciate it. All right, guys. So that is the podcast is not over. I am saying goodbye right now uh, from my apartment uh, as we all figure out what's going on with COVID-19. I have a feeling we're going to be here for a while, but I'm telling you guys again, stay positive, stay happy, stay focused. Hit me up on social if you need anything. At Adam Lefko, Instagram DMs on Twitter, comment under Instagram posts. I don't care. Uh, We're going to have, we're going to try and, and, uh, I don't know, make the most of this. But we did record intros for Antonio Cromartie and a close. So we're going to have our awesome editor, Jake, uh, Mr. Voorhees, edit that stuff together. Uh, Ingber, you are the man. Uh, so let's just say goodbye really quick in person here and wish everybody well. Ingber, any little uh, note for everybody? Don't say anything about someone online if you wouldn't feel comfortable saying it to their family. Mm. Isn't that the truth? I'm the L-E-F-K-O-E man. And now to our pre-taped stuff in the studio. All right, now it is time uh, to talk with Antonio Cromartie. Refresh me. What did we talk with AC about? Well, the first thing is he sat down and you were just like, you're the biggest cornerback I've ever seen in person. Ever. And I went back and I started thinking about him at Florida State because this was a time where I was not watching a lot of college football yeah. and I really trusted Mel Kuyper. Mm-hmm. And I remember that Antonio Cromartie went in the 20s to the Chargers And he missed the entire year with like an ACL tear. And they were like, if he didn't do that, he could have been a top five, top 10 guy. Mm -hmm. To see him walk in, years removed. What's he, like 6'3", 6'4"? And just, he has one of those football bodies where he's got like those, this is a reference not everyone's going to get. Remember Joey Dorsey on Memphis, the basketball player? No, I'm not going to He ended up going to the Houston Rockets, but he had shoulders that were massive. Yeah. Dwight Howard, when he first started, all shoulders. Yep. That's what Antonio Cromartie looked like to me. Yeah. Where he had a body that, like, normal people just don't have. Where his shoulders are so far extended and his arms hang so low and his hips are wide. He just, he looks like a creative player. (laughs) Where, like, it looks like one of those action figures where you have to plug in the legs. And, like, it's just, everything is long and wide. Speaking of, have you seen how skinny Gronk looks right now? It's really weird. <laughs> it's like he's still super in shape. And if you just met him, if he was a friend of yours, you'd be like, oh, my friend is super jacked. What do you think about Gronk going to the WWE? Has there ever been a more amazing pairing of two, uh, an athlete with a Look, thing that he was always destined to join? I, I don't know if I've said this publicly. I've definitely said it privately. I'm over Gronk. I just, <laughs> I, in comedy, there are jokes that are like pratfalls. Right. Mm -hmm. And then there's like the Ronnie Chang where he sets it up for like 30 minutes and delivers. And it's it just beautifully delivered craft. I just don't know how much longer people are going to enjoy Gronk yelling Gronk and smashing things. Well, so I I watch zero WWE. So it's not like it bothers me. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of like out of sight. If he was joining 
Monday Night Football or something like that, and I had to listen to his right. jokes for three hours every week, I might be like, okay, I'm not a big fan of this. If he loves WWE and WWE fans love him, and it seems like they do, like great, but, match but made like, in heaven. But like you've liked wrestling at certain parts of your life. When I was like 13, sure. Yeah, and like we grew up in the the Rock Stone Cold era. I was a big DDP guy. Mike work is huge. I just don't see Gronk delivering really great. I don't know. I'm just out. He might just be giggling a lot. I'm just out. Yeah. Did I tell you on my old job, uh, we were pitching some stuff, you know, like the rock Dwayne Johnson has a, a big production company and we were like pitching a show to him. And, uh, I wrote, you know, I wrote up this pitch and I sent it to the administrative assistant who was like compiling all the pitches and she slacked me back to say like, Hey, thanks for this pitch. I was like, I hope it goes well if you smell what I'm cooking. And she wrote, haha, what? And I was oh, like, and I was like, you know, like the rock, if you smell what I'm cooking, if you smell, la, 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 la. I, I wrote something like, like a sort of a, just a reference. And then like after like a few messages, I realized she didn't know he had been a wrestler. Stop. And I was like, okay, I need, that was one of those, like I'm 30 years old and you're 23. And I've now just officially found the generational divide between us. I'm like, wow. the rock is maybe the greatest wrestler of all time. That is funny that there is probably this younger generation that only knows Dwayne Johnson. Right, they know him as like the guy from Fast and the Furious, and they, they know don't him. even know Rocky Maivia, which was his original <laughs> character with like the curly haired. Oh man, I, it, it was just it was one of those real like check that, in. That's with truly moments. an era of my life where I don't know if wrestling was actually that big or if I was just that into it. But it felt like The Rock and Stone Cold and Mankind and The Undertaker and Kane were bigger than any NFL player at that time. Yeah. Like I, in my life, Degeneration X was a movement that you either got on board with or you were getting DX. <laughs> like, like there, like I got to, I got an insult suspension for doing suck it because I like all I, all I cared about was wrestling. And I just, I, I look back and I don't know if it was actually that big or if I was just like very myopic in my views. But fortunately this was like, this probably happened when you were like 13, 14 years yeah. old. So it was before people had phones on, you know, camera phones so that you wouldn't, you wouldn't have been like recorded of that. But imagine growing up in a world where every dumb thing you did when you were 14 is going to come back and bite you some point. Shit. <laughs> just like I said, suck it in math class when I was 13. I regret it. I was dumb. I was young. That doesn't exist footage wise anywhere. And let's just be grateful for that. Thankfully. But you know what footage does exist? Hey. Our interview with Antonio Cromartie. Sultan of Segways. Here he is, AC. Take a listen. This man to my right walked in, <laughs> and I went, I get it now. I have seen a lot of cornerbacks. I have never seen one your size before. You haven't? No. It's been, it's been a couple. Well, I want to say a couple. Usually I see corners, and I go, okay, they're, they're quick, they're fast. Yeah. And then I remember you coming out of Florida State. And I remember you didn't play your senior year or yeah. whatever your last year was. Yep. And I remember they kept saying, this guy is so special, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and I said, okay, okay. And your career was unbelievable, man. Antonio Cromartie, uh, how many teams did you play for? I played for four. Uh, I played for Chargers, Chargers, Jets, Chargers, Colts. Jets, uh, Colts, Arizona Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. Who do you, what do you consider yourself? A Charger? Uh, I, I consider myself a, a, a jet and a charger. A jet and a charger. Because, I, I mean, my time was almost split equally. I mean, I, I played nine years between those two teams. Right. So I had four years. My first four years with the team that drafted me was San Diego. got right. traded there uh, to New York. I was there for four, for four years. Then I came back after, after, my Arizona, right. after the one year in Arizona. So Were you with Rivas, too? I was with Rivas for three years. Man. Yeah. Was that was a hell years. of a duo. Hey, we try to make it do what it do. Let's talk. Let's start there. Okay. Um, 
Revis is one of those guys that will go in the Hall of Fame all-time corner. Yes. When you're with a guy like that, you get a lot more balls thrown to you. But what is the mentality of a duo? When you guys are prepping for a game or prepping for a season, what's that duo like? Well, you got to think about this. We we went into the week knowing who was going to cover. So, hey, it'll be like, hey, Revis, you got Hans Ward this week. Uh, Crow, you have San Antonio uh, Mike, Holmes. Uh, 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 San Antonio Holmes or, say, you Mike have Wallace. Mike, Mike Wallace at that yes. point in time. So you're like, okay, cool. So you just go study your guys and make sure you do what you're supposed to do. Like, I think our whole objective was just to go in. They don't catch a touchdown and they get on 50 yards a game. We did, we did what we were supposed to do. Hell, yeah. You know? And then your pick with the Chargers. Who was that on? Was that Peyton on Peyton? Manning. That was on Peyton. Yeah. Is that Sunday night? Or is it the Sunday or Monday night game? Damn. Uh, that we did that. If, if you don't remember it, <laughs> go on YouTube and just type in Antonio Cromartie interception Peyton Manning. Do you ever just watch it? No, I do, honestly do people I don't. send it to you? I get it. I get it a lot on Twitter. Yeah. Because, you know, because everyone everyone's like, uh, you know, they posted the they posted the Odell Beckham uh, catch. Yes. And then it's like, well, Cromartie did it. Cromartie did it before yeah. Odell Beckham. I'm just like, honestly, it don't even matter no more. It's a, it's a catch. Hell you yeah. Get, you get more guys making more spectacular catches week in and week out. And you just got to take their, you know, their talents for what they is. You know, they, they, they that's what they're supposed to do. Exactly. I see um, Marcus Peters, uh-huh. the Absalot makes plays. Yeah. Jalen Ramsey. Definitely. Who are the ones right now? Because you guys know the craft yes. more than we do. A lot of times, media, we look at interceptions. Who are the guys that you look at right now and go special? Uh, Marcus Peters is one of them. Jalen Ramsey is one. Uh, Sherman is always going to be one. He's a year, what, year nine. He's still playing at a high level. Um, I mean, I, you got to go to the, what's the kid, Marlon Humphreys over yes, there in, in, Baltimore. in Baltimore. He's playing well. Um, uh, what's his name? Down in Miami. That's down here. Z- Xavier, uh, Howard. Xavier Howard. He, I mean, he didn't have a great year this year. Then was on IR. Well, how else is on his team, too? But, you, but, but at the end of the day, that, I, I, always say, I always say this. This is something that I, I was coached, and I was always told. You only can control what you can control. And that's the way you play. Absolutely. That's, how and, my, that's my motto for life. And if if you can't if you if you losing the way that you're trying to play, then something else that's 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 you. That's yeah. on you. That's on no, that's on nobody else. The way you prepare, the way you go out and play, is on you. And that's that's something that you live by. Your boy Revis kind of called out Sherm, mm-hmm. and then Sherm got that pick at the end of the game. Yes. But to me, I think you're a perfect person to talk to. Zone versus man. It almost reminds me of the way the NBA players talk about the three-point <laughs> shot now, where these guys are soft now, they stay Definitely. outside, back in the 90s, you know, <laughs> oh, you play zone, you stay outside, man to man. We, How are we supposed to process this? Because Sherm's only doing what he's asked of. Yes. But at the same point, you would be, that's your guy. To, like, how, do, how are we supposed to talk about it? Well, I think, I think you just said it. He's doing what he's asked to do. That was, like, I, I, I said this um, uh, uh, undisputed. The biggest thing that we got to look at now is the way schemes are being brought up. When me and Reeves was playing together, and hey, Reeves, you take number one, Crow, you take number two. Now you get a lot of a lot of guys that get into that more zone type because teams are starting to spread. Yes. You know, you're getting that fire. You're getting five receivers out at a time, and they're starting to more be able to spread offense like the college offense. Exactly. So why would you need to? Why would you need to? You know, so you look at it from that standpoint, but. When you look at people's schemes, like my first four years in San Diego, I never followed anyone around. 
I just played the zone coverage that right. we were supposed to play because we was a zone team. We wasn't a man-running team. Yeah. We played a lot of cover four, a lot of, a lot of zone pressures, and we would mix in man. I didn't start really playing a lot more man until I got to New York, and I understood, okay, I'm the basically – That was the, Rex, right? Yeah. I was That's all he does. Yeah, I was basically number two, uh, number two corner over here. Reeves number one. Reeves going to follow the best receiver around uh, when he's capable to, and then I was going to – I'll follow whoever I need to follow around. Yeah. So I always went opposite of Revis. So wherever Revis went, I went opposite. What did you like more? Honestly, for me, San Diego was, was great from a standpoint because I had a front four. I had Sean Merriman. I had Sean Phillips. I had Jamal Williams. I had Luis Castillo. I had Jock Cesare. Um, and you that know, changes everything. You, and it changes everything. And think about this. Richard Sherman has had a front, a front four. A front seven right. with him along the way. Not Seattle, only Seattle, he had his Michael Bennett years, and Cliff Averill. But, but not even early, in his early years, he had um, he had uh, Earl Thomas, sure. Cam Chancellor, oh. Brandon Brown on the other side. So when you look at it, he's like, dude, everywhere this guy has gone, he's had the guys in front of him. Yeah. And when you look at from from what Revis and what we did in New York and how Rex Ryan ran his defense. We didn't have we didn't have a, a, a great front four. We had yeah. a good front four, but we, it wasn't a point of Rex did a lot of stuff with, with exotic blitzes or blitzing his nickels, built, going into different packages yeah. to try to create pressure. So we were more into a man to man. Even when we ran zone, our zone was turning into a man. Even though he had good teammates, even though he's playing a little bit more zone, is the respect still there for Sherm? It has to be. I mean, you, you look at a guy over his career. Um, I think he's allowed a quarterback uh, completion rating of like 49, 48.7 or 49. Yeah. And this is over his, this is, this is his entire career, the longevity. And I think you have to respect that from that standpoint when you look at the whole picture of everything. Um, and it's a little bit like Emmett Smith. Where we go. look at Emmett and we go, but he had, he had Troy Aikman, he had Michael Irvin, he had that offensive line. And you go, but you can't punish him for it because yeah, he did it for so long. You can't, that's what, and you can't punish a guy for what he's doing. Yeah, he calls himself the best in that position, but there's there's 12 other guys I can name before yeah. Sherman, maybe 14 other guys Really, I can name before Sherman. Let's do a few. Okay. You're going to put Revis. I uh, put Revis. But Deion he, Sanders. Revis won't be num- my number one. Oh, who's your number one? It won't be like if you're talking about all the time DBs, Oh, I love this conversation. So you're going to go. I would, I would, Deion changed, changed the game. So he's one. But you also have Mel Blunt. Yeah. You have Willie Brown. You have Lester Hayes. You have Mike Haynes. You have Ty Law. You have Champ Bailey. You still have to throw Ashanti Samuels in there. What about Daryl Green? You, you, you gotta add, that's what I'm saying. I'm okay. getting to that. You got to add Daryl Green. Damn, you've really thought about this. No, you have to. Oh, no, this is beautiful. You Keep know going. So you, you, you got to, nine. You're you, almost I, at the 12. That's what I'm saying. So so you go you go, you go. go that. You add Reavers to the mix. You still have to add, uh, what's the kid, uh, uh, Namdi Amsawan to the mix. Okay. Um, you have to wow, add. Namdi over Richard. You have, to, you have to add guys like Sam Madison, who's played for the Dolphins, who's played for a long time. Sam Madison is coaching on the Niners right now. I know. Isn't that? Oh, Chiefs. Chiefs. No, Chiefs. Um, you you got to add, I mean. So wait, you listed Revis at 10. I didn't. I'm just, I'm just, you were just this, naming this, the names. This is just gotcha, gotcha, names. Gotcha. But we're just saying guys that's, that's done it for a long time. This guy yeah. that's changed the game generation after generation. I mean, you throw Asante Samuels in there. I mean, look what he's done. I mean, you, you throw Rob Wilson, who played corner for a few years, then yeah. when they played safety. So you, you got to add say him Charles in. Woodson. That's, the list goes on and on. Wow. So you got to think about those guys that was before us. Who was your favorite? Dion was my favorite. That's who I grew up watching. You went to Florida State. I went to Florida State, but I grew up watching Dion. And after Dion, 
um, it was I was always watching Charles Wilson. Like I was my my my, my school was Florida State and Michigan. Interesting. So I was going to go to Florida State because you know all the tradition that they had there from Deion Sanders, Samari Rowe, Terrell Buckley, um, and the and, and Chris Rick. Chris, yeah, you I'm know. Just kidding. That was a joke. <laughs> don't don't get me started. <laughs> Uh, but the secondary that, that that portrayed that was in the secondary and being coached like well, one of the greatest coaches of all time with know. Bobby Bound and also Mickey Andrews as a secondary coach. Um, that was something that was big for me. But also when you look at it, when you're looking at Michigan, you had Charles Wilson, yeah. two-way player that, that played a tremendously well. And I was like, you know what, Doc, I can see myself playing there. I'm sure that when you were in San Diego, you saw clips of Revis. And you were like, okay, I see it. You well, heard you know about what? him? Honestly, I didn't hear. I didn't. Uh, this, and this guy, honestly, I didn't hear about Reeves until 2009. Terex got there, and that's just. I was all so worried about what I was trying to do. Yeah, I didn't hear because you know in San Diego you don't hear nothing else. We don't get a lot of media content you down in San Diego. You so you control what I don't control. Only I can control. What was your first moment though, whether it was practice or something, where you went, that motherfucker's special. Ah. Uh, See, I, when I got there, he had the holdout. Oh, and he, he had a lot. He had, he had the holdout. Paid. So I didn't. I didn't really get to see any of that really until we got into the season. So it was kind of different. So, but the battles that him and Braylon, him and San Antonio's would have, San Antonio Holmes would have in practice. during practice. You're like, man. And the, the, the thing that the thing that the thing that it was like, we always. God rest his soul, uh, the Kobe Bryant and, the, and his daughter. But he he had that 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 mentality. Like, don't piss him off. When you piss him off, he only gets better. So, like, you you would see guys talk trash to Rivas. Yeah, and it, you got to think it was competitive. You got Braylon Edwards, you got San Antonio Holmes, you had Dustin Keller, you had uh, 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 Clowney, David Clowney, and now all those guys around yeah. on, on on the football field. You gonna talk trash? Was there a story you remember of one of them talking shit and seeing him change? Braylon. Okay. Braylon Edwards. So Braylon Edwards, top five pick when he first came <laughs> out. Oh, he's got a podcast now, so you know yes. he can talk. What happened? You know, it was just, it, I think Braylon caught a pass. And he was talking trash to Revis. And Revis went three plays in a row and called Braylon up every single time. Braylon didn't get off the line. So he just said, you, me, line. Yes. And just jammed him so and, hard. And, and, Braylon, and Braylon went back right back into it like, every single round. Props okay, to Braylon. Cool. Let's, let's go back at it. We're going to battle. But that was, the, that was the level of competition that we had. We Is that the out. number one way to take a wide receiver soul? Is that the equivalent of crossing somebody up? Oh, that's bad. You that's, jam them up so that's, hard that's beyond that they quit. <laughs> that's beyond it's like it. dunking on somebody. Well, that's worse than dunking on somebody. Wow. Because you think about it, if you can if you can jam a receiver, like I've had my chance of jamming receivers to the ground or whatever, it takes it takes a little bit out of them. Just for the simple fact, you like oh like dude, I, he just jammed me to the ground. Like what 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 do you and it's do on you, film? Do you stick oh it's on film. And then you know they're gonna rewatch that It's gonna be like and the coach is gonna look at it like what happened? Do you lift them up? Do you make them pick themselves up? No, you actually lift them up because you catch them off balance. Yeah, no, no, but chance. I mean, like, after they're on the ground. No, nah, I just started laughing and walk away. <laughs> Pick yourself up. It's like, uh, what was it, rush hour? It's like, wipe yourself Pick, off, you're wipe bleeding. Wipe yourself off, you're bleeding. No, I, I think I would look to the team like, somebody lift this motherfucker up. Like, I had, I, had, I gave you an example, like, for myself. We was playing St. Saint Louis. This is when they was, in, we was playing the Rams when they was in St. Louis. And this one, it was a young kid. I don't know who he was. I think his name was the Givens. They wore number 13. 
Is that Put David Givens? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't we'll think so. We'll look him up. But uh, he was talking so much. I'm like, dude, you're a rookie. You sitting here talking. So one play, we run like a cover two, and he runs, and I just <laughs> pound him, put my hands in his chest, and put him out of bounds. He falls down to the ground, and he look over, and his receiver coach is dying laughing. Oh. And I'm just like, man, oh. dude, it, it, was, it was so funny. And after that, he didn't say nothing else. He came to me after the game. He was like, man, you didn't have to do me like that. You're like, yes, I did. Yeah, you, you were talk talking all that much, shit. Man. He talking too much. It, so when that happens, is there a part in your head that's like, I cannot wait for team meetings and the positional no, meetings? No, I don't even think about it. Okay, you're in the game mode. Yeah, I'm, I'm in fully game mode. But then the I, next I day even, you're driving in the office. You know, like, honestly, I cannot wait to watch that shit. Honestly, no. I honestly, honestly, if somebody don't bring it up, I don't I don't even worry about it. That's that's just that's just the way it was. I, yeah. I've never Never gloat or try to be – put my mind on something that sure. really didn't really didn't change the outcome of the game. I have a theory, and you're one of these people, so you might be the one to actually tell me if it's true. Okay. What you got? My theory is that the athletes that enter any league uh-huh. that are really, really athletic, they're going to last longer than everybody else, and we always judge them too quickly. And what happens is, is whether it's they don't get the playbook right away or yes. whatever – we, that first spot is kind of tough for them. Yeah. But they can last for nine, ten years because the speed is going to last. The jumping ability is going to well, last. Yeah, but you got to think about this too. Like, it's all about being, taking care of yourself and being smart. Yes, those guys last, but I've seen guys that had more talent than me that didn't last. Really? Just for the simple fact they didn't study. They didn't put the work in. I don't want to call anybody out, but is there one in particular that you were like, he could be special and it still hurts you to this day that it didn't happen? Uh, it is, but I, I won't yeah, say, I, I won't, I won't I ever it. say that person's name. I mean, it's, it's a couple guys that I've felt like they had everything and more and they didn't apply themselves. Yeah. You know? And I think that's where we get lost in the people, and, and we're judging it because we're putting so much pressure on it because some of these kids are first-round draft picks. Yes. So in that first year, oh, you know, he didn't depend on his first year. He's not going to be great. He's a bust. He's a bust. Yeah. Like, I didn't I didn't start my first year. Well, no, you were still recovering from the still, injury. Well, I, was, I didn't start from my first year. I didn't start until week 10 of my second year. Damn. And the only reason I started the week 10 of my second year is because Quinn Jammer pulled his hamstring against Minnesota. So if, if Jammer don't pull his hamstring against Minnesota, I'm still not starting in my second year. Damn. So that's what it's like. It takes time. Like, it's all about patience. Like, if you can be patient with a kid, and we understand football is about what can you do for me right now. Some of these kids don't pick it up as much because they don't, they don't know how to study film because yes. they don't do it as much in college football because of the 20-hour rule they have. Right. So they don't know how to study. Well, they don't they got don't, good coaches. Well, not only that, but they, you don't get a chance to coach kids anymore. Because it's 20 hours. Because it's 20 hours. Remember. What were you at? I was at 40. Damn. We was at the 40 hour. Remember. And that probably wasn't even remember, enough either. Remember. Okay. So do you remember, um, what's his name? The, he came, went from West Virginia to Michigan. Rodriguez, the coach. Yes. Rob, Rich Rodriguez. Rich Rodriguez. He's Arizona. the one that changed everything from the 40 hour rule to 20 hour rule because he was having kids waking up too early in the morning during the off season and having them doing stuff they weren't supposed to be doing. So that went from the 40 hours to 20 hours. So, what film study are you really getting in with these kids to teach them the mistakes they're making yes. because you can't get it in? Every position is important, but I feel like corner, the ones that take the step from good to great and great to amazing, you start learning tendencies. Yes. Releases. Yes. Hand placement. Not only that, but body language. 
Oh, I saw Xavier Rhodes talking about this. It's body language. When a wide receiver runs out, he's getting the ball. When he walks out, oh, I don't got to worry about him. Well, you, you, you have can start that. to read that shit. But you, you have that, but you also have young guys that's first coming into the league. The first thing they do is they tug on their gloves, run a pass. The way they fix them? The way they fix them. So you have that, too. Wow. Also, Break that down. Explain that to me. Because <laughs> so, I've never jammed right, anybody. So I, I, okay, I'll give you a prime example. Um, Odell Beckman used to do it when he first when he first came in. <laughs> he was a prime example of a guy that messed with his gloves on pass plays. So, so would you mean like strap him up tighter? No, just I mean strap him up tighter, but just adjust them. And then when he was when it was a run play, nothing. It was nothing. And do you call it out? Like, do you call it out to the rest of the team? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I give you another example. We, we, we okay. You remember Brian McKinney? Of course. Okay, left Brian, tackle Brian McKinney, Vikings. Yeah, Vikings. We knew passing around by McKinney every single time. His back foot? Back foot. Yeah. That so, happened with the Eagles this year. We had a, a rookie tackle, Andre Dillard, against the Seahawks. Every time it was a pass, that right leg that was That right back. leg was further back. And they couldn't play him anymore. But McKinney played for like a decade. But you still knew. Damn. And you never want the other team to find out. No, we don't tell them. Of course. We just say, okay, hey, everyone, if you're on that side, look at McKinney's foot. Would you tell another cornerback on another team? 100%. Okay. 100%. I mean, we, we pass details around. Like, I used to call guys, be like, hey, I know you guys had, um, I know you got, this, this team is in your division. What is, what is, what are what the, is the tendencies? It's what like a the poker tendencies? tell. Yeah, what's the tendencies? Do you think you had a tendency? Um, yeah. I think early on in my career, I had a, I had a big tendency. You know, when I was going to press bell, you knew when I was going to press or not. But um, I think once I got to, like, New York, I was impressed all the time, so you didn't yeah. know what I was going to do. Like, I think, like, the biggest tendency was, I'll I give you one that I got um, a couple years, I mean, like, my, after my first year, my first two years in uh, New York, one of the tendencies was, for me, if I'm playing off, we're playing zone. Mm. Throw, throw at him when he's off. Right. Don't throw at him when Make he's pressed. Make you tackle. Make me tackle. Yeah. Which wasn't a big deal. I no. wasn't worried about it, but I was like, you don't really, I can read body language better when I'm playing off. Right. And I can read quarterback hand signals when you're playing off. Like, after you, after you played Brady for so long, you start to understand hand signals. So you started looking at hand signals and understanding route combinations that you was going to get. So I used to play off just to bait him in two. And jump that route. And jump the route. It's very Asante Samuel of you. <laughs> what, is it crazy to you to still see Brady going right now? It's crazy. I mean, it's what? Yeah, it's going to be year 21, uh, 22, something like that. It's unbelievable. Um, and, I mean, he's playing. He's not. Yeah, this past year wasn't a great year. I don't think he no. had the tight ends that he needed. One of the worst statistical years it, of his well, career. Yeah, but I think he still can get rid of the ball quickly. I just think he can make the right decisions. And it's just a point of getting the right people around him and still and making the play. That's what it's always been about, Get, making sure you can, he has the right outlets. It was interesting with Kobe's passing to hear the stories about how in his years of frustration he was going to go to the Clippers. And you think about now, you think about Kobe in a Clippers jersey, it doesn't even make sense. No. But I think about Brady no. right now in another jersey, and I can't see it. But at the same time, Joe Montana played on the Chiefs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we've seen great players. Go to other teams. Go to other teams. I mean, you can go back to Johnny Unitas. Yes. To, to the Chargers. But, like, if Brady's wearing a Bears jersey. Oh, I can't or, see it. Or a, I can't, Char- or I a can't Chargers jersey. I can't. I, honestly, I can see him in a Chargers jersey. You can. But I, I couldn't see Phillip outside of a Chargers jersey. And it looks like that's going to happen. I, that's what the media outlet people say. Yeah. 
I mean, we don't know what's going on. I just think the whole situation, it reminds me of the whole uh, LT situation and how it went down. He ended up on the Jets. Yeah. So, yeah. so you know, it's just like when you look at that situation, you're like, well, what's, what's really going on? Like, I can only imagine as a defensive player to have a quarterback like Phillip Rivers that talks almost as much shit as the defense <laughs> and acts like he's a defensive back had to be amazing. It, had to, it was fine. Had to it, be. Was, it was fun. What's the funniest was, thing you ever heard that motherfucker say? Uh, man, it, it happened in practice. And I, and, I, and I tell you because I picked off one of his passes and threw the ball back at him. No. And, oh, man, he talked so much shit. Okay, I'm going to throw the ball at your ass every goddamn play. And I was like, all right, cool. And would he was he someone that would play better when he was talking trash? Oh, 100%. Gotcha. He played a lot better. And Some guys just, are like that. It's just, but it's it's the point of getting into that zone. Once you get into that zone, it's like it's over yeah. with. Unbelievable! Uh, you're the man. I had a really it. good time talking to you. Thank We're you. We're gonna do one thing: reach in here, grab a random piece of paper, and I'm just gonna have you look at that camera where that guy is and read it in a very dramatic voice. Let's see what we got. none of it's gonna make sense. That's <laughs> the point. What do we got? He only speaks the truth. God. Have you ever gone into, like, acting? That was really, really good. Uh, before we go, since I have time with you, what, um, what's life for you now? I know you're living in Houston. I'm retired, man. I'm enjoying life. I'm enjoying family. Yeah. Um, How do you keep your adrenaline going? How do you? I just work out. Hard? Work out. I still work out like I train. Yes. So what are two, three hours a day? Yeah, two hours. Damn. Two hours. And just getting after it. And my wife gets on me, who's here with me now. Yeah. Like, why are you training like you play? You're not playing anymore. Like, that's the only way I feel like I know how to train. Listen, you know what the Super Bowl is a great reminder of? How age can kick your ass. Oh, yeah. Because when you're walking around and you're seeing these guys that are not training anymore. <laughs> oh, no, facts, though. Like, you start seeing the, the bodies that's your age. Yeah. Like, it's going to happen to all of us. Yeah, but when I, you start I'm seeing that sure, one I'm dude with sure a gut. Have, I'm going to have to make yeah. sure it happens slowly, though. Because it's going to let you enjoy life longer. Definitely. Uh, so family, training. I'm training, and then also I'm been training a few high school uh, uh, high school DBs, and uh, I'm trying to get into coaching. Really? Yeah. You want to do that grind? Yeah, man. I what love, not, I, what, I, kind, what level? College or pro? Wow. That's, a, just, that's just, all your time. I just love I just love the grind. Yes. It's the grind. It's structure too, it's, man. It's the structure, and I think that's something I'm used to. Man, now I found the structure within the family. Yes. You know, because I try to work around the kids' schedule, work around my wife's schedule, just trying to make sure that I can I can put my work in towards the family. And that's that's the, I think as as you get out of football, as you get out of any sport, it's just finding that groove. How old's your oldest right now? Fifteen. How old's your youngest? Two. Yeah, man. Yeah, two runs the whole entire house. Oh, of course. Yeah, she she's Jet her name is Jet. She's the she's the boss baby. Any of the kids do you think maybe has a career in football ahead of them? Uh, I got, I got. A, I'm sure. Do you push it on? You don't push no, it on. No, no. If they want to do it, because you're a football family I'm too. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm like this. I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna push a sport on any, on any, any of my kids. There's no reason to. No. You know, it's just like, if they want to play, I will make sure they know the ins and out of it, um, and make sure they, you know, if they gonna, if they gonna play it, they gotta love it. Yeah. If you don't, love I can't it, imagine coming into college and seeing you as my DB coach <laughs> and being like. Oh no, my coach could actually probably do this better than I can. Still, and that's the but. But you teach them. Yes. You teach them to do it better. You teach them to 
understand the game better than you did. He teach you not to make the same mistakes as you did. That's on the field and off the field. You know, and that's I think that's the journey of a as that's what a, that's what a coach is supposed to do. No that's 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 what coaches keep, it teaches you life journey along the way, but also teaches you the game of, game of, of, of the football game. Antonio Cromartie, a fucking baller. Appreciate I it. Appreciate the time. Thank you, man. Thank you, dude. All right. Hope you enjoyed Antonio Cromartie and Adam Thielen. Uh, we are in the midst right now. As everyone's trying to be healthy with viruses, we are trying to continue to be healthy with our bodies. Mm -hmm. 33 days, eating like a homie. We started on March 3rd. Right now, this podcast is coming out on 13, 14, 15, March 16th, yeah. uh, which means we're 13 days in, if my math is correct. I don't even know. It could be 12, <laughs> could be 14. How have you been doing, though? So I went down. I had pizza last night. Oh, good. Okay. Well, you know what? You got to indulge yourself too. Yeah. 33 days is a long time. It's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. But I went down from 180 flat to 176.5. So I was down three and a half pounds, but I want to believe it was 3.3 pounds. It's just that my scale only does increments of 0.5 pounds. So I think I, I want to be down exactly 3.3 pounds in order to I've been working out more than I ever have, but my diet, I'm still trying to get it down. Like what's really hard, and I hope, I hope the homies understand this too, is like when you're traveling – it's very hard to it's eat brutal. healthy a lot. Yeah. Because it's, it's, you're on a plane and they're serving you Cheez-Its and bis Biscoff cookies or whatever they are. The biscottis? Biscotti, yeah. Or yeah. whatever the Delta ones are. Sure. Uh, but I am, I'm going to go very, very, very tight this weekend. I'm going only vegetables. Okay. That's it. What? For a whole weekend? Oh, that's it. What are you hitting hard? Uh, sweet potatoes, dude. They're the only ways that I get through. Welcome sweet potatoes, life. broccoli, Brussels sprouts, um, and I'm just gonna. That's all I'm gonna have, and water and coffee. Respect. My the only way. I don't know if you if you guys do this out there. When I'm really trying to eat healthy, if I can get to the afternoon on only coffee and water, then I feel like I've done pretty well. I typically don't eat before noon these days. Really? Yeah, that's my move. That's a good move. Yeah. I'm just drinking a lot of water. It forces you, you to drink water. You don't need breakfast. You don't need that bacon, egg, and cheese. Because it fills you up. The water really fills you up. Yeah, you, you don't need that smoothie. Yeah. Yeah, just get to lunch, get a salad, put some chicken breast on there. I found, you know, too, if you wait till like 12, 1, 2 o'clock, and you're really, really hungry, your body is so craving just nutrients that you'll eat a really healthy thing. You'll just wolf it down. Like, I, you have a really healthy salad yeah. with chicken on it. You wolf it down, even though, like, you don't need, like, Here are Adam Lefkos, things that you can eat for lunch instead of getting a sandwich and eating bread. Don't eat bread. Number one, go to Chipotle, okay? And don't get, you don't need rice. You don't even need rice. Just rip those beans. Get some black beans. Get some lettuce. Get some of that fajita mix. Get some chicken breast. Call it a day. No cheese, no sour cream. No guac. <sighs> I know it's good. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> but just, like, get through it and then drink a lot of water. Number two, go to, like, a salad place. Get some chicken breast on there. What you don't need is you don't need the blue trees crumbles. You don't need those little cranberry things. Okay? We're just we're getting through this. What, what I think when I know that I'm feeling good is when I get done eating, it's like an hour later and my stomach starts growling a little bit. Enjoy that. You have to turn that from I need to eat to my body's eating itself. Mm. And if you can think in your head, this is good right now, and then just get like an iced coffee, no cream. L just learn how to drink black coffee. It's not that bad. You know I'm out on coffee. I haven't drunk coffee my whole life. Drink a tea. Drink a green tea, an mm. iced green tea, where you're you're like you're keeping that energy up. <laughs> 
I don't know. Do you disagree with what I'm saying? No, everything you're saying. You're eating right. an omelet. Go I, egg white. I want to add. Uh, no, I can't. I can't subscribe to that. Okay. You got it. I'm a full egg man myself. I can't okay. subscribe to the egg whites. Uh, big thing that I've been a big, big part of my life is big old crock pot of lentil soup. Mm. It is so delicious, so healthy, and so hearty. Yeah. Oh my god! It just crushes you with vegetables. Yeah. So if you're much- going out and you're like, "Hey, do I get lobster bisque?" No. Lentil soup. It get up. Get like dude. a minestrone or a lentil. <laughs> Um, you, you guys know, we're just, we're eating like a 33 percenter. We're just trying to be smart. And then when you're done and it's like three weeks from now, you're going to look and you're going to feel really, really good Yep. and it'll be great. All right. That's it for now. Uh, got more coming up on Thursday. In the meantime, I am the L E F K O E man for David Ingmer. A C B A A I Y T F E A. Anything can be an acronym. If you think far enough ahead. Was that the acronym? Yeah. That was nice. That was nice. Love you guys. Keep being awesome. 33%. Holla, holla, holla. We'll be back on Thursday. Peace.